Hey, this is Jim. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a special treat for you today. Just happens to be the co-author of one of, if not the best-selling self-published book of all time. I'm talking about Mr. Brad Cummings. He was the co-author of the book, The Shack. And it sold multiple millions of copies around the world, translated into multiple languages. And more important than that, he's on our team now, helping us do some very exciting things that we want you to be a part of. It just blows my mind, the caliber of the people that we get to work with around here. And more exciting than Rob and I hanging out today. Again, I want to make sure you understand this isn't just two guys hanging out, swapping stories. We want you to be involved in this. We want this to become part of your story. If you're interested, no pressure. There's certainly no arm twisting going on here. But if the kind of things we're saying today begins to resonate with you and you're thinking, yeah, I I want to be a part of what these guys are talking about, we're going to give you a way to do that. You want to, of course, be in our Facebook group. Make sure you're on our mailing list because there's going to be more announcements along these lines coming soon. But on today's episode, you're going to hear the highs and the lows of having a big win, having something really start working, making a lot of money, serving a lot of customers, and how things can kind of go wrong too. What Brad wishes he would have done differently along the way. And some of the exciting things that are beginning to happen right now is we're merging these worlds of serving our customers by selling products while teaching, which is what this podcast is, teaching people how to sell more online, how to grow an audience, and actually that third wheel of how when we combine those together, we start to really impact a culture with some of the messages that are very close to our hearts around here. For example, we love, you've heard me say, I love seeing dads come home, love when parents can be under the same roof, for example. You know, mom no longer has to go off to a job. We can, she can work from home making far more money using the internet creatively right? Or when families get off screens and spend time together using the toys that we're creating with our toy company. All these themes start to merge. And if you're interested in the bigger picture, well, this is an episode for you today as we pull back the curtain a little bit on some of the things we're working on and a very exciting new fiction book, which I don't think we've ever talked about on this show before. Brad's going to talk about his next book project that he's working on for us with us in conjunction with this community and you can be a part of it. We'll want you to check that out too. Lots of fun stuff in this episode. This is one I think you might want to share too. If you've got anyone who's saying, what is that community you're all about? Why are you so excited about that community? Send them this episode. What do you think of this? It's not real businessy today. It's not real tech talk. We're not going to give you any necessarily any tips on how to sell more on Amazon. We do that all the time. But today, it's going to be a bit of pulling back the curtain, seeing into the hearts of the guys around here, what we're up to. I think you're going to love it. So I'm going to get Mr. Brad Cummings on the line right now. Enjoy this episode. So Brad, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio, my friend. Great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Jim. Glad to be with you. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to have you. We've waited too long to do this, buddy. You've been working with us for a while now, and, and you were at our most recent event. You've got an incredible story. So many directions we could go today, but I think I'm just going to turn the microphone over to you. For those who don't know who you are, give us a bit of a bio on uh, what you've worked on, where, what your passions are. Let's get to know you a little bit. I'm just throwing the microphone in your direction. Probably most known for being one of the co-authors of a book called The Shack. We publish it out of my garage on $200 
of marketing, and we sold the first million units out of the uh, out of our garage. It was a internet uh, phenomenon. There was three of us that wrote it, and it was probably the high water mark of my creative experience with some other guys. Had a chance to also turn that into a movie, and was one of the um, producers on the movie uh, with Lionsgate that was released in 2017, and it did 100 million at the box office, so that was really good. Prior to that. I was a pastor guy. I had graduated at the time of the writer strike from college. And I was going to go into films and it's like God took me on the scenic route. And, um, you know, I, I, I loved pastoring, but you know, there's, there was a deeper sense of creativity and a desire to communicate with the, with the culture sort of beyond the bounds of just the four walls of the church. And so I'm kind of glad where things have settled out. You know, I'm an author. I'm an, a serial entrepreneur. I've got more businesses than I have uh, time to do the tax returns for those. <laughs> Multiple income streams, man. That's the theme of this show. Multiple income streams. I, I mean, the entertainment industry is you can make a killing, but it's not something that you can make a safe, normal standard living. And so there's a lot of feast and famine. And uh, I mean, my gosh, all my life, I grew up with the desire of just sort of a stable paycheck. And then the creative industry is not a place where that's ever going to happen. It has been an absolute blast to get over my sort of white knuckling fear of just sort of following God's nudges. And, you know, a lot of what you try doesn't work. But the truth is, is there's, there's an absolute joy when you know you're putting your hand to something that you're supposed to be doing. As much as I do enjoy making money, I sort of enjoy uh, walking in the will of God a whole lot more. And there's sort of a real satisfaction of just going like, you know what? There's the illusion of control. We don't actually control all that much. I am a hard worker. I can work like an ox, but I, I love following God's nudges better because they, they sort of tend to turn out better than a lot of my ideas. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 great getting to know you because one of the things that come to mind as I've as I've had a few conversations with you now, and you're a great a guy of great passion, great creativity. Uh, you're not afraid to share what God's doing in your heart and in your mind, and and why you feel what your purpose is. You just speak with a great deal of clarity about that. And um, you know, keeping in mind this is a this is a business podcast. We've got a lot of internet business building warriors. I call them out there. And I got to imagine some of them at times question like, man, am I really doing all that I was made to do here? Uh, so I love bringing you on. Like, hey, you're a guy that's saying, hey, this is, this is where God's put me. This is where he's planted me. I'm going to serve with passion. And it's working. You've had an opportunity to see some incredible results. But you know, I kind of feel like one of the things I might want to hear from you right now is talk me through some of the failures, man. Like it, I, you just, you, you alluded to it. You opened up the door a little bit like, Hey, it's not all just rainbows and, and sunshine. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not all rainbows and puppy dogs. Exactly. You know, I, I think in the, in the whole creative realm, everything is subjective. You know, what I think is amazing is what is amazing to me. You know, does that always resonate with everyone else? You know, it's like, I think when you, your first book is a, a monster bestseller that nobody ever expected, it was a publishing phenomenon. Mm -hmm. There's only one place you can go, which is town. <laughs> you know, the next couple of titles that that we brought on, um, we were thrilled with them. They were they, they were ones that you know were written by some others, and I, I just thought they they would sort of slide right into the slipstream, but it didn't turn out that same way. And so you're left with, you know, managing physical inventory 
without a whole lot of sense of what's going on. I think once once the internet really hit, you know, we were kind of a pre-internet sensation that paved a whole new way for the self-publishing world. But what it did is it really put a lot of the traditional marketing things into total chaos. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the, the the wild, wild west out there is like one of those monster commercials where you get a hundred people on the tennis court and <laughs> you're trying to be seen above all that noise. And that's a real challenge. You know, when you just go like, okay, wow, I, how do I differentiate myself from what going on there. And I do think that's where, you know, the one thing I really do rely on is a sense of passion and genuineness. And I think that's, that's ultimately what works. And I think when you assume success, which I think a lot of people do out of their desire, you don't always make the best decisions, you know? So, you know, I've been left holding the bag with, with unsold inventory that you didn't have to warehouse. And you're like, what in the heck do we do with that? You know, it's like we sort of assumed a a greater measure than we were able to accomplish. And then it's sort of, you know, going back to what is it that I clearly understood and then how do I re-engineer that? And so there's, there's been sort of a, a real challenge. I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the things we did, we did this thing, the project called the Founders Bible, which is taking the wonderful spiritual heritage of America and kind of unveiling it because it's been absent from our culture for the last 50 years. It's like there's a a concerted effort to rewrite our history and divorce it from a real foundation that it was, it was really founded in God. And so I mean, it, it's an amazing project, but it's a five pound, two inch thick Bible with all the the history and the foundations of government feathered into it. And you just go like, you know, when you're trying to sell on Amazon, you know, in the publishing side, they're wanting like a 55% discount. And I'm going like, oh man, I, I, I can't absorb that. And then if I have to pay shipping both ways, you know, everyone buys almost everything on Amazon, which is awesome in some respects. But then if it's like the cost of business sort of exceeds the profit margin that we put in, I didn't do the Bible project to make money. We did it out of passion. And you just sat there going like, wow, there's not the margin to deal with some of the monster gorillas out there. And then you're going like a well-intentioned effort to put it at a nice consumer price now hamstrungs us in terms of distribution potential because everyone is used to playing this discount game. And, you know, when we had a monster best-selling book, I was sort of able to rewrite a lot of the rules. I didn't know what they were, so I wasn't just being a, a rebel, but we rewrote a lot of the rules. And then when all of a sudden you bring out a new product, I sort of assumed like, well, yeah, I got that same kind of moxie. And you, you kind of hit a brick wall of going like, not everyone is going to go with your little new ideas of how to rewrite everything. And, and so, you know, gosh, distribution out there is a challenge in this world. I mean, finding a loyal customer base has been one of the wonderful lessons we've learned is just how to establish a real relationship with the community of people that trust you and like you. That's probably the best key to um, selling success than anything else because you're, you're, you're feeding somebody good food that they want as opposed to trying to interrupt a bunch of people in their day. You know, I, I love, I'm kind of connecting some dots. You know, I've talked a few times and I've had the opportunity. I don't know if you told me or if this is a conversation I had with Brett at some point, but correct me if I'm wrong in this, but it's an incredible success story to have one of, if not the leading self-publishing success stories of the modern era. I mean, you yeah. know, we all know publishing's been turned on its head. So well, yeah, you got to be a top five. Where are you guys at? Like self-publishing one. 
Well, we were 152 weeks at number one. Yeah, out of a garage. You know, we're usually that's unheard of. It's the first time a self-published book has ever made it onto the New York Times bestseller list. And then they put a little dagger next to our sales numbers because they, they said, you know, the, the sales of the shack so far outweigh the number Everything two else. that it's like it's not even close. Yeah. I think in terms of the publishing world, it still is kind of the number one phenom out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I had the CEO of Simon & Schuster. We're sitting at some swanky restaurant in New York and you know, got about 20 people at this, you know, kind of private room table. And they're going like, how did you guys do what you did? You know, mm -hmm. we have an entire army and a, a, a huge budget and we couldn't even come close to the results that you you were able to achieve. And you know, yes, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, that, that'd be truth in packaging laws. I slept for maybe two hours a night for almost a year. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so right, right. anyone that has a desire for success is like roll up your sleeves and drink a lot of coffee because I don't know how to achieve that apart from hard work. Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, that's never going to account for what really happened. And I think, yeah. I think the truth is, is we wrote a story that, didn't have any sort of trite pablum in it. It's like we dealt head on with pain and suffering, which is kind mm -hmm. of universal. Mm -hmm. And we asked the question, you know, where the heck is God in the midst of it when it all yeah. hits the fan? And we had a, a fictional story that was sort of like an extreme situation that be, be hard for anyone else to kind of go, like, oh yeah, my life is worse. I mean, maybe it is, but this, this scenario was a really tough one. So it, it gave a lot of people a lot of on-ramps to identify with it. And then it's just sort of walked through it honestly. You know, mm -hmm. questions and conversations that people might have always wanted to have, but they didn't have. And so there really was a desire to kind of give people a gift as opposed to sell an agenda or to try to, you know, it's like as much as, you know, I'm a former pastor. And so as much as I love preaching and I love influencing, and I love touching people's lives, I learned a while back, people hate agendas. And so if you're doing anything less than genuinely sharing something you're excited about or communicating honestly, I think people go shields up and they kind of tune out. And so, you know, we, we told a story that touched people deeply where they hurt. And that's the common unifier. And it gave them a hope. And I think in a world out there that's hard, if you can genuinely give someone hope that, you know, one, they're not as alone as they think that despite how dark it is, there just may be a way out of this. People gravitate to that. And so, you know, I think that the connecting tissue for this is we really weren't selling. We were sharing something that we had genuinely learned. I think there's something different when it's coming through your own life and you've lived it. It has a, it has a greater measure of weight on it. And so, you know, it's like, how do, how do you translate that into business? Well, I think when you're honest and you're authentic with what it is that you're doing, people dig that. I mean, in, in a world of fake news, which is, you know, it's like, what in the world is actually going on? Who's telling me the truth and who's spinning? Mm -hmm. I think if you're doing something that you're providing a genuine service for people, you're giving something that they, they want and they can use that they like, and, and you're just sort of an honest broker you are going to separate yourself from the herd and you, you, you can get noticed that way. And, you know, I, I ended up spending a ton of time talking to buyers and distributors and I told them our story. 
And and it was such an endearing story. Three guys, totally unknown, you know, didn't have a clue what they were doing, wrote a story. You know, the first box of books I took to Barnes and Noble and just kind of said, so how do like I get on your front table? And the lady looked at me and I was, I was so genuine, but That's so great. stupid. She kind of just said, you're kidding, aren't, aren't you? I said, no, no, we wrote a book. I think it's really good. How do we get on your table? I said, well, that's a decision that's made at corporate and that uh, I know would at least cost you $50,000. And I just nearly fainted because I'm going like, serious? We don't have $50,000. They were never going to be able to do that. And I kind of turned around and went, you know what, God, somehow I want to be on that front table and I don't want to have to pay for it. I want you to do that. And I was serious. Four months later, we were picked up by Barnes & Noble. Fun, fun story. And they took it nationwide. And they were one of the first main chains that kind of put it in the front because someone that made all those decisions had been given a copy and had mm. been deeply touched by it. And they wanted to just help us. It was at the word of mouth. I mean, that's how I heard about it. You know, my dad read it and, and my dad makes a good book recommendation to me from time to time. He's like, oh, you've got to read this. One of my all-time favorite books. Like, well, my dad says it. I made a mental note. I think that's how the word spread. Yeah. Wayne and I, um, we're two rogue pastor dudes we started a, a podcast called The God Journey back when there, frankly, were very few, if any, podcasts. I had been offered a radio gig on, on Salem and, you know, for a number of reasons, I ended up turning it down and, and Wayne had this, hey, you know, we could do this podcast. And it's like, what's a podcast? And it's like, I, you know, I had my little iPod. I went, serious? This is a radio station? And we had no idea, but we had cultivated an audience of influencers, former mm -hmm. pastor guys, lay leaders, folks that just were kind of like a little burned out on the religious business side of, of you know, organized religion. And yet they still love Jesus. And we kind of were a couple of little truth tellers, at least as we saw it. We had no idea the influence that that little group of people that we had gathered, or even just what size, because we didn't have a lot of metrics. But when we mention a product or a book on that, that podcast, frankly, it, it charts on, on Amazon. And so we've cultivated a big following of active listeners that just dig what we, what we do. So in hindsight, that's a great marketing tool. But when we first started out, it was just a genuine passion. We don't sell anything. We've never monetized our podcast ever, which is not a great business idea. But from a standpoint of wanting to be authentic and just not wanting to come across as self-promotional or salesman, I think it has cultivated an influence for us that's far better than any advertising we could do. Absolutely, yes. When, when we do talk about something, people know that we're not trying to sell them and we just actually think it is better than sliced bread at that moment because, and that's another way, is like you, you talked about it at the conference. The reality is, is your most powerful asset is your story. That's right. Yeah, this, your, your story and, and the people that that story resonates with, the people. I mean, we're touched by stories. That's one of the reasons I'm a creative. It's like, I just, you know, if you want to ever sh share truth, wrap it up in a life or tell it in a story, mm -hmm. because then it doesn't feel like you're shooting on anybody. You're just, you're, you're just kind of sharing something. But because it's in a life or it's in a drama, people have a chance to kind of take it at their speed. They can come as close to it as they want. They can... They can look at it from a distance, but if, if, if there's any emotion involved, 
that's what they tend to really resonate with. And I think, you know, the shack as a phenomenon, if it didn't have the little Cinderella born in a garage story, it wouldn't have become a phenomenon. You know, as, as great as the book is, and as much as I believe God breathed on it, there was a Cinderella aspect that gave a lot of people hope for their lives. They're going like, hey, if they could do it, maybe I could do it too. And what was so crazy is individual book published titles, ISBN numbers. Prior to the shack, there was maybe about 300,000 that they would publish a year. After the shack, it jumped to 1 million. Wow. Just because of the self-publishing encouragement. It broke open the gate Mm. and it told people, you know what? You could do this. Mm -hmm. The internet was just kind of coming online. Social media didn't even exist at that moment. But the reality is, is if you could build a website and you could get, you know, a a credit card, you know, processor through, through PayPal, the truth is, is all of a sudden you had a store and -hmm. people could find you Mm -hmm. and you could start selling. And it honestly is one of the greatest freedoms. I, I don't know that I, again, it's like, I sort of fell into this, you know, I now have two publishing companies and we don't have any customer presence. We're just online. And it gives me a tremendous amount of freedom because I can, I can be available to my family, live life, and I can work from anywhere that there's an internet connection. Exactly. Yeah, that's the dream in our community. That's what we, that's what we teach people here. That's what we're going to teach you how to do. As long as you have internet, you can go anywhere in the world and the business keeps right on rocking. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, you know, in truth and packaging, I, I have an office manager that handles our fulfillment and distribution and I do have sure. a warehouse and a forklift. And... um Though, you know, it's like if you're going, I mean, the first year we did everything out of our house. I crammed all three of my kids into one bedroom and the the house was taken over by the book. You know, it's like my wife's dreaded sound is that tape dispenser at one in the morning. You know, it's <laughs> I can like, imagine. Right? And then we'd go to the, to the post office and they'd look at us go like, are you a drug dealer? What is the deal? You know, it's like, cause we got a hundred boxes I'm dropping off. And so you have a lot in common with Amazon sellers in our community from that regard. You realize yeah. that, right? Cause we fill our houses with product. And that, I mean, that's the launch story of, you know, that's Brett's story. I mean, his, you know, it, so many people in our community fill their product and, they, and their spouse is saying, okay, at what point are we going to get all this out of the house? <laughs> right? Totally. <laughs> but you know, I think one of the, one of the amazing things that I learned about all this is because I answered the phones and I did it all, I actually had a huge, massive amount of intel to understand what was going on. I knew that all of a sudden the book had hit a certain city because all of a sudden we got a pile of orders coming from the same city. And then we got, you know, somebody orders one, then they order two, then they order a case, and then there were several cases. And you just go like, okay, that's an unpaid salesman for us. That's mm-hmm. someone who has caught fire absolutely mm-hmm. loves this. And now they're dispensing it. And so I'd get on the phone, I'd call them and I'd thank them. And it's like, I had no idea what an absolute blessing that was for them, but also for me, because then I heard their story. I resonated with what actually was connecting with them and why it was working. And then it helped me sort of hone sort of the story and the sales pitch, because I had all this data of what is this actually doing in people's lives. And so, you know, for all the folks that are working their butts off, trying to start from nowhere, I know this, that most, you know, 
two out of three things that are started fail. You know, it, it's rare that, that the thing succeeds. So the route is you have to have a stick with itness. But if you can do the work and you will pay attention to what's going on, you know, it's failure is is an orphan. Success has many fathers. It's easy to fail, but it's not terribly that hard to succeed if you'll be diligent to figure out what's going on. I think, you know, today with all of the, the amount of data that we can get from the internet and the stats you can get from, you know, the, the Google stats and all stuff, you can learn things that, my gosh, it took me like way into the wee hours of the night pouring over paper stuff to try to figure out. Now you can actually see how many people are visiting our site, how many, you know, how long are they staying on a certain page? What is it that they're actually looking on or clicking on? And there's just so many things that you can do to sort of adjust the buttons and levers to find out what works. And if you'll, if you'll stick with it, the truth is, is you've got incredible tools to help you be successful. That's right. In, in Amazon, it's taken a lot of that guesswork out. I mean, we, Amazon's creating so many millionaires because they've taken all the work. All you have to do is find a product that people want. They handle everything else. I, I just got to imagine how maybe a different success story the shack might have been. I mean, it was a huge success, but had you had all these advantages <laughs> that now exist. I mean, it was fun, actually. It was fun sitting and listening to the other seminars at the conference mm-hmm. because a lot of what you guys were saying, I'm going like, yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I live that. That's and right. it's like, now they have an algorithm now that they have a, a, a little plug-in that can help you. I'm just going like, oh, that's lame. I had to do it. I had to do it the hard, hard way. Yeah. But so much of the, the takeaways that you guys would highlight, I sat there going like, that is absolutely true. I mean, I, I get why the word proven is on there because I could sit there with my own testimonial going like, yep, that is what works. That, that, is, that is where you're going to find good fishing. You know, it, it was just, it, it was fun actually sitting there and kind of reminiscing of just the whole beginning, the learning curve, and then, you know, trying to then surf the wave of success. Success is the harder test to pass. Hey, I wanted to take a quick break in this episode to let you know about our latest sponsor. I'm talking about your tasker, U-R-T-A-S-K-E-R. If you're selling on Amazon, eBay, Shopify, or Walmart, and you have an established brand, you're looking to grow, you need a team. Well, hey, if you're doing $50,000 or so a month or more in sales, you could cut your costs dramatically boost your productivity by outsourcing tasks like pay-per-click management, listing optimization, customer service, inventory management. That's what they do at Your Tasker. Again, U-R-T-A-S-K-E-R. They're managing 250 accounts of great online sellers like you, and they're unique in a few different ways. Everyone on their team is an e-commerce trained specialist, trained in the latest strategies that will make your business grow. If you want to have a free consultation with these guys, which I highly recommend if you're qualified, give them a call. What do you got to lose? Just chat with them. They can help you grow. They've got a great team standing by ready. I've got a link in the show notes today or just go to U-R-T-A-S-K-E-R.com, yourtasker.com. Tell them I sent you. You're gonna love these guys. There's so many people who I think are listening to this podcast go, man, if I could just get a success, that's 
not the end of the story. <laughs> That's the beginning of the most challenging part of the story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? And let me just connect a few dots now because I, I was listening and reading between the lines. And one of the reasons I brought up the conversation I had with Brett about the early days of your, you guys' success and, and I was going to say, you know, for as beautiful as it was, it kind of ran its course and now you're on to some other things and it still sells, but it's nowhere near the, the phenomenon that it was. As all things do, they run this curve, right? But one of the regrets that I don't know if it was you that told me or Brett that you guys have at this point is you didn't collect that data. The, the true asset, and correct me if I'm wrong, and we've kind of hinted around this. You're on it. But the true asset that you would have at this point, it's not a, not a title, not a story, not the, the movie, you know, the recognition, but that audience of people who can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Yeah. Talk about what a powerful asset that would be at this point, but you don't have it. And the listeners to this show hear me say all the time, and I'm going to connect the dots even better towards the end of this broadcast, because we're going to talk about how you and our team are working together to create yeah. exactly that, which is very exciting for the listeners and they can participate. But that's where it started to connect is if we never would have had the pleasure of working with you, arguably. If you were sitting on top of this incredible database of names and email addresses and contact right. information and a Facebook group and messenger list of people who consumed that content and couldn't wait to see what you were going to do next. But the book has no friendly call to action at the end. It simply says the end and the person puts it down and, and they're very touched and moved. But there's no, hey, if you want to hear more compelling life stories to help you on your you know, in a very real transparent way in your walk with God, join our Facebook group here, right? Like, had someone stepped in. We didn't have all those tools at the <laughs> didn't time. didn't exist. The tools didn't exist. But, but our, our biggest problem was once we moved to, we partnered with a New York publisher. And that was the day in which we went blind. You know, up until mm. then, I was in charge of the customer data because they were ordering through us. PayPal, I would right? capture, get that. <laughs> That's right. And so I would have their name, their email, their phone number and all that stuff. And we could then respond to them. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, you know, email lists, I used to be able to send out a whole bunch of group lists, but then they sort of, you know, flagged that. So now you have to go through MailChimp or other things that, that will, you know, yep. blast your stuff out there. But the minute we went to a large distributor is the day I went blind. Mm. And, you know, we sold the first million units through, through us. The book has sold 22 million units. It's gone into 40 different languages and nobody has that group of people in a database anywhere because yeah. they're all working through, you know, it's like, and, and, and that's, you know, one of my, one of my buddies invented, uh, he's now sort of the king of mobile digital marketing because he and I, I lamented to him all the time going like, I've gone blind. I can't find my audience well, he's one of these like whiz kid, you know, tech guys. He found a way to basically cross pollinate where you can find your audience. There's enough digital markers out there that you can track down and, and regain your audience. And he invented something that is called Kachava that's just taking the digital marketing world by storm because it actually gives you trackable data on what it is that you're placing out there. Because the audience is the asset. That community, and I've been teaching this. I heard it. Someone talked to me 15 years ago. The greatest asset any business will ever have is a community of people that can't wait to hear from you and work with you. They can't Absolutely. To, they can't wait to see what you're going to do again. That's the greatest asset. And to get someone who is who, who played a role, a significant role, a founding role in the greatest self-publishing success story 
in the history of self-publishing to agree with that statement. It's, it's even more validation. That's an aspect I love about this story. I'll add one more on to you. The guy that um, used to be in charge of Weeder Publications when it was a magazine, he sort of built and created the whole muscle and fitness world. Mm -hmm. That's not my world, but that was his world. And he was a wonderful believer. He treated them like a pastor would treat a congregation that he was trying to disciple them and develop their lives and their potential. Mm-hmm. And because he faithfully served that audience, they built an audience. And then he ended up selling the magazine, having built that audience. I think for the, the highest record setting sale of, of anything in that world ever. Mm-hmm. And he and I used to meet for lunch once a week. And, and, and he kind of just would share with me some of the wisdom of what he was learning. And he said, Brad, he said, your absolute key to continued success is making sure that you maintain a community of people that is growing with you and that you're feeding them something. He said, he said you, you are a great pastor. You were a great pastor. He said, continue to do that same kind of heart service for the people you're connected to, and you will have no want of customers. That's exactly right. And so I, I really do just absolute champion if you're doing something that is bettering people's lives and you maintain that communication, the reality is it is going to be your, your, your life's blood for the future because the highest cost out there is trying to acquire customers and then building that relationship of trust. They're not going to, they're not going to transact with you until they have some sense of you have something I want and I trust the nature of this transaction. That's beautiful. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, I sat back, I listened to what you guys were talking about at the conference and I just, my head was just, you know, a bobblehead going like, yes, yes, I completely agree. Before we start to connect some dots, because one of the promises I I made in the introduction of today's episode was we're going to show you how you can take advantage of this community that we're growing along with Brad. How you can be a part of it, how you can benefit from it. This isn't just two guys kicking around big ideas. This is how you can be a part of the story. But Brad, have you heard me and I, the listeners may have heard me mention this before, but this is important for the next point I think I, I want to try to make here. Have you heard me tell a story about the conversation I had with the senior vice president at Amazon when he asked me if you could change Amazon, what changes would you make? Have you heard that? No, I have not. Okay, check this out. For your sake and the sake of those in the audience who haven't heard this story yet, it was only a few months ago that Amazon called Brett and I to Seattle and said, we've got a senior VP that wants to meet with you guys. To make a long story short, you know, we've made quite an impression on them. We've trained a lot of people how to use their platform. In surveys, our name comes up a lot. We've, got it, you know, we've helped a lot of people succeed on that platform. And I wasn't necessarily thinking that that was a question I would get. We're sort of, here we are sitting at lunch, a senior VP. I mean, this is, on, this is a guy who's on Jeff Bezos' core team. Like when Jeff Bezos has a retreat with all the people that run, this guy runs North America. That's, that's pretty amazing. Pretty sweet lunch appointment, wouldn't you say? So yeah, we hopped on a plane for that one. But that was one of his first questions. We're sitting over lunch. He's eating his salad. I'm eating my fish. And he says, so if we handed you the reins to Amazon and you had the opportunity to make some changes, what changes would you make? And Brett and I kind of looked at each other and, and Brett's like, you take this one. It was like, it, it came to mind instantly, instantly. I feel like God prompted me in that moment. I said, well, on Amazon right now, if I'm selling something and someone buys something, there's a bit of a wall there 
I don't get the yeah. opportunity to meet them and they don't get the opportunity to meet me. Amazon is with Amazon considers it and arguably rightfully so. It's your platform, your customer. Right. But I'm going to make a case that Amazon would make a whole lot more money as would the sellers on the platform and the customers would be served a whole lot better if we made one little change that's based on thousands of years of biblical knowledge about how business works. And from a biblical vantage point, a transaction is the beginning of a relationship, a mutually beneficial relationship. Otherwise, yeah. in a free market, there wouldn't have been a transaction. Everybody leaves happier than they started. So it's a start of potentially very beautiful friendship. And there's several niche markets on Amazon where we could begin to take some market share from Facebook. Totally. Because if you're creating relational, transactional relations, because Facebook is relationships without transactions. Amazon is transactions without relationships. I said, what if we had transactions and relationships happening on Amazon? Meaning I sell model trains to people all over the world. Give me the ability, I'll pay for it gladly to interact with my customers, begin to expand a very large community, become the guy who people can geek out with about model trains, for example. He loved that answer. He loved the idea. And community, 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 that is the asset. Amazon would benefit because I'm willing to pay for the privilege to be introduced to my customers. Assuming I have sure. one of these, you know, if I'm selling spatulas, we're not going to form a, a community for people who enjoy spatulas, but we might form a cooking community, right? Totally. So he loved the idea. It really resonated. He was excited by it. But that leads to what we're talking about right now because we're talking to a lot of Amazon sellers and they're selling a lot of widgets and you know, pins and whatever, you know, random objects to all kinds of people and they're making profit and they're building a beautiful business. But the true asset that's sustainable, like your friend in the weight, weightlifting, you know, he had people that he was serving. That's a missing component. If all you're doing is selling random widgets to random people, that's a beautiful model. Sure beats having a real job. Don't get me wrong. And if that's where you stay, two thumbs up. We're here to support you and keep you rocking with that model. But we have bigger visions for what we're trying to do here. We want to build, and we've already successfully built, two. Now, at this point, you've got a community you've built, but that kind of fell flat. You didn't have the tools. You know, that that's kind of bottomed out a little bit, right? Right. No, no. We, we did not have the, the ability to link and stay connected. That's right. But what we've done is like the listeners to the show right now are thinking, what community is Jim talking about? Well, the, the people who are watching this on YouTube or listening to this podcast, you know, it's a, it's a top 25 business podcast on Stitcher. You know, the other people who are listening to this right now and the people in our Facebook group and on our mailing list, the people who came to the conference you referenced earlier, it's, we're talking tens of thousands, 150,000 people who really like what we're about. And we're talking about expanding that. That's one community. Then we've got this other community that we've brought you on board to help us expand. And that's the, the Dynasty Toys community, the, the people who consume our toy content. And again, the visions overlap significantly. We see these communities kind of merging in some way. There's some overlap. Yeah. But it's people who, they buy, they buy stuff for their, their kids. They want to, the goal there is bringing families together, creating toys that bring families together, stories, toys, experiences. That, that bring those family, and we're collecting that data because we've got a huge, massive messenger database on Facebook and email lists of these people who have bought, you know, that's an eight-figure brand, Dynasty Toys. And you're a big part of helping us take that to the next level with your storytelling ability and your creative ideas. So, so let's start to bridge that gap. And I, want to, I don't want to forget, we're going to tell people how they can kind of be a part of that yeah. as well. Well, it's interesting. When, when Brett, we, we met up at a kind of a, 
a would be I, I was a conference speaker at you know some sort of ministry slash discover your purpose you know chase your dream kind of thing and we ended up talking i don't know two different nights and had dinner we i think we spent more time together dinner sharing swapping stories than we did sitting in the seminars um and when he shared the whole passion of going like hey you know we really want to build strong families do you, you know, is that something that you could see yourself participating in? And just, he was talking about the, the challenge of protecting um, IP and that, you know, so oftentimes in, in, in the race of selling widgets, when you have no sort of protectable trademark, he said, you know, the, the, the real safe space for us to move into is toys that are driven by stories with characters and sort of protectable IP. And, you know, what he didn't know is I had, you know, probably a half dozen children's properties that I had been waiting going like, these are absolute gold, but I need to find someone in this new robust world who's good at distribution and can actually do the work of marketing, not the, the sales promo idea of PR people, but who can actually connect with real customers. So when I looked at what your guys' strengths are, and I looked at what my strengths are, I'm going like, oh, perfect marriage. This is awesome. I I really don't want to do all the marketing work. I get it, but I just want someone else to do it. I want to stay in my sweet spot, which is I really love telling stories, creating worlds, and creating characters and dramas that absolutely touch people's hearts. And in the world out there, there's so much sullied stuff that doesn't bless you. You, it, it, you know, talk about taking from you the mo- one most precious commodity you can ever get back, your time. And if, if it doesn't leave you better, what a bummer. And so it's like in, in, in the world of entertainment, sadly, most of that stuff kind of puts more tr- trash in our lives than, than good. And so there was a real passion to go like, yeah, I and about a half dozen of my really creative friends would love to marry strength to strength where we could help produce things that you're going to like, not only will people absolutely enjoy, but they will make a difference, uh, an improvement. It'll make your life better by engaging with this. Not only will it create a sense of deeper sort of shared family time, but even just however, who's consuming it, it's like it's entertainment that is transformational because it actually feeds that part of your spirit. There's a lot of folks that produce stuff, but they don't really know the inner working of our hearts and what, what, where, where the life sort of flows out of. You know, unashamedly, 30 years of pastoring taught me an awful lot about that. I, I get people. I get where they hurt. I get what helps. And I think we're connected up to the one guy that is the manufacturer of us all. And, and he knows how we work. That's right. He gave us he gave us the owner's manual. <laughs> yeah, I mean to, to be able to weave truth that is time tested, mm-hmm. but to do it in a way where people don't feel like they're being preached at, where they don't mm-hmm. feel like oh it's a it's a like, it's a class and sermons. All of that's great, but not if not not if that's not what you're intending to get. You know, if, if what you really want is to be touched and entertained a little bit, we meet people at that space. We're just going like hey. There's no agenda. It's just organic truth meets real life drama. And there's a lot of overlap there. And so, you know, we sort of stumbled into a beautiful novel that I'm just going like, you know, Brett, 
Brett has, I think, read the driver's test and the shack. And I don't, and I think he reads the Bible, but he doesn't spend a lot of time reading other stuff. You know, maybe, maybe perusing a whole bunch of business stuff and, you know, geeking out in his world. But the shack really touched him. And he just said, you know, is there some way that you can bring the depth of what that is into this space, our world? And I went, absolutely in spades, you know, and, and I would love to do it beyond the four walls of just some sort of religious diatribe where it's kind of like, you know, truth works. Two plus two is four, regardless of where you attend or what it is that you believe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those immutable realities and, and God's truth is kind of like that. And so it really doesn't need a, you know, home team sales pitch. It just needs to be shared and revealed in the in the context of what life is about. And, you know, I, I, the way I read the Bible, I look at 95% of the main characters have nothing to do with full-time ministry. <laughs> That's right. You know, so so why is it that we think if we have to be spiritual, oh, I somehow, oh, I better be a pastor, something like that. It's like, no, I've been that. I've been behind the curtain. There's nothing wrong with that. But I like being in the front lines of connected and touching our culture mm-hmm. as one of the same people. Mm-hmm. Not like, I mean, I don't like it when I get outed as a pastor because then people talk different. They think, oh, and I'm just going like, I do not fit that bill. I mean, I think when I, when I spoke in front of the conference, I'm pretty sure people did not assume. <laughs> I'll have to, you know, this might be a good place to insert some of the, uh, some of the fun moments from your, from your conversation. We might put a little break here and just jump and, and bump over and let people kind of enjoy sure. with us the, uh, there were some just tremendous moments. I'm going to tell you a story, and you will probably you will want to you'll want to tell this story to somebody else. You might have heard about it. I, I maybe you haven't. You, the man who bought a horse, you know that one? Okay, I, you have it. This is this is this is really good. There's a guy. I mean, he's he's out in California. He's got more money than you you could do anything with. He just wants one of the best horses out there, and out in Pennsylvania. They raise horses in a way that's just like nobody else's. They, they know how to train horses that is just incredible. And this guy's going like, I want one of those horses. So he drives all the way out there to this farm where they've been raising these horses. And it's like, they obviously speak horse. I mean, it's like they, they, they know how to raise horses. And he sees out in the field this absolute majestic steed. I mean, this is like... Oh, I mean, it's like there'd be music in the background going like, I have to have that horse. And it didn't matter the price. He just said yes. And so they're, they're, he's got a trailer. They're, they're loading up this horse. And as, as, as they're loading it up, you know, he's just, he's just drooling over like, oh, this is, this is awesome. He's, just, he's already excited about the horse. He knows a little something about the horse. But the farmer comes and says, you know, I, I got to tell you a little bit of something about our command structure. We do things different here. The reason these horses are incredible is kind of because of what we put them through and the, the trust and the development that we have horse to rider is just bar none. It's fantastic. So you're going to have to get on board with the way we do stuff. And so, you know, let me just give you a few of the basics. So if you get on, you want them to go. The, the way you make them go is you say, praise the Lord. Well, the guy's not a believer. And he's going like, that's not really my thing. But he loves the horse. And he's going like, 
If that's the language of the horse, then okay, I can, I can probably do that. Can, can we just try? Could you, uh, you're not, not, it's not going to hurt you. But on the count of three, can we all just try to praise, praise the Lord? One, two, three. Praise the Lord. You guys just might be able to ride a horse. <laughs> just saying. So, so he, it's good. It, there's a lesson behind this, all right? You'll, you'll get it. So, so he, gets, he gets the horse in, got him loaded up, and he was so excited, he didn't, he didn't ask anything else. He, he probably should have, but he didn't. You, you ever done, you married one of those purchases? <laughs> You're just so, oh, gotta have that, must have. And so they're driving back, and you ever been so excited about your like purchase that you just had to, you had to take it out for a spin? For three days, they don't stink. <laughs> it's, it's seriously a good purchase. He, he, he sees this field out there and he's just going, oh, we got to stop. We got we to pull over. I want to take him out for a ride. So he tells the driver to stop, pull over. They get the horse out. Somehow they back him up in reverse. He's out there and it's like he gets on and then he kind of feels a little silly because it's like it's not doing anything, but, but he's on. And it's like, oh, he's got to do that praise the Lord thing. And so he, so he goes, all right. Praise the Lord. And a horse starts moving. And he's got to go down this little trail, little, little sort of jig-jag through the trees until he gets to the open field. And so he's just, you know, just walking down. But as soon as he gets to the little path widens up, it's beyond the trees, it's like he's wanting to, you know, kick it into gear. And so he's like, huh. The only thing he told me is to get it to go is you say, praise the Lord. So he said it again, but a little louder. Praise the Lord. So the thing kicks into a trot. And it's not fun riding a horse on a trot because you just sort of, if you were a chicken, your nuggets get hurt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just saying. Excuse me. There's a reason I'm not a pastor anymore. Okay? So he's trotting. And he's going like, I'm done trotting. <laughs> Praise the Lord, <laughs> you know. So the thing is now in a nice sort of canter. And it's like, I, I'm, not, I'm not a great horse rider, but, but I know you kind of got to you gotta have to get in rhythm. Life's like that. If you're going to ride it, you're going to have to find its rhythm. You don't get to just make all the commands. You got to go with the flow of what's going on, and you got to find a way to stay in the saddle and, and kind of move. And so he's enjoying that. But it's like, Cantering and trotting, not, it's really not that fun. If, if, if all you've ever done is the trail horse thing and they never let you gallop, I mean, galloping can get you killed, okay? It's not for everybody. Everybody thinks you can do it, but it, it's, not, it's not true. You can fall off and die. This is a majestic steed. This is rich billionaire dude thinking he's a majestic steed, Okay? So he just, praise the Lord, he's got this. He's about to be a charismatic. And so he, he's, he's doing his deal, okay? Thing takes off. And they're just riding like the wind. 
and his hair is flowing back. It's kind of like Fabio on the reins. It's, I mean, this is, if you're going to gallop, he went for it. And so it's whoosh. And it's a big field, and he's having the time of his life. It's going faster than Mach 2. It's, it's, you know, it's, and, and then all of a sudden he goes, uh, all I know is how to make it go. <laughs> and he realizes, he looks to the end of the meadow, and the meadow does stop. And then there's a 200-foot cliff, and he's riding at Mach 2 like the wind. Just, ooh, baby. Nuggets aren't hurting. But he's getting really close to the cliff. And life can be like that. And he's going like, stop. Horse only knows praise the Lord. It's riding like the wind. Whoa, horsey. <laughs> Nothing. And he's trying to think through everything. They're getting desperately close to the end. And all of a sudden, he just says, amen. Because that's how you finish a prayer. The horse puts down its four legs, and they slide right to the very edge. And he says, praise the Lord. We like to have fun. We like to goof around. We like to, you know, but at the the end of it, as Brett's father-in-law, Scott says, you know, we're all downloading from the same source, meaning, you know, we really want to have a positive impact on our culture. Selling a few widgets and taking care of our families. God bless you, man. That's a beautiful goal to have. Yeah. But if we all come together and we can start to do some pretty powerful things to shift culture back in a good direction. Uh, I don't necessarily even like the word wholesome. It kind of it's, it's like uh, that sounds that's like boring. But what if we could be exciting? No, life life giving and meaningful and life giving, life affirming, yeah. reaffirming what it means to 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 have a family and to enjoy each other and to spend enjoy spending time with each other. Maybe even off of the screen. You know, what if we can start moving our culture in that direction? We have the evidence that we're capable, and we're starting to see it happen. It's, this isn't just two guys kicking around theory. We're talking you know, hundreds of thousands of units sold of this stuff that we sell. In your case, the book, millions of copies. We're talking about, it's within grasp now. We don't need to go get some big contract from some publisher or some media outlet to get their permission and their anointing and get some prime time spots. We can do this on our own with resources readily available. Yeah, we're removing the gatekeepers and the middlemen. Exactly. And, and now we can have this incredible influence. And, and this is where there's two things that we definitely want to cover uh, with the time we have remaining in this episode. And they are the book specifically, you know, let's give folks a title, tell them how they can go check it out. It's, it's being written. And I want to tell people too, how they can be a part of this movement and not just from a feel good about yourself, but from a, I want to participate financially and, sure. and, win, and win with these guys. These guys are onto something. I want to be part yeah. of this. The book's entitled The King and the Dragon, and it's book one of the Dynasty Kingdom. And it's, it's, it's like we got, we got captured by the thought of just inventing a world. You know, um, another buddy of mine named Chris Dupre, he and I are teaming up and, and co-authoring this together. And we've had the most amazing time, um, you know, spending hours a day on, on, on Zoom 
and, 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 and just having creative sessions that are amazing and enjoying the story. And, you know, someone has said it, it's sort of like, a it's it, the shack meets Narnia. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, as opposed to dealing with a tragedy, you're dealing with sort of an adventure. You're going into this other world and it, it's sort of a discovery of who is this King? What is this kingdom? There's, there's a nemesis, there's a dragon, what's his deal? And it really is a wonderful adventure. Um, somebody else said, this is sort of like uh, Game of Thrones meets Stranger Things. And I was taken off guard by that because I sat there going like, really? I mean, I, those are two <laughs> big phenomenons. That's, that's kind of a big statement if, if yeah. you mean it. And it's like, right. they, I hadn't watched Stranger Things because I thought that was sort of a little horror thing. Um, my wife and I just binged through a couple of the seasons and I, and I kind of got why he said, it's like Stranger Things because it's focused on a cast of characters that are kids. It's not a kids thing per se, but its mm-hmm. main characters are. Mm-hmm. And in our case, kids are just an awesome asset because they they just are unashamedly honest. They'll ask the questions that other people their their filters won't. They'll say the things that adults' filters will sometimes not. And so, for having characters for us, it's an incredible. Um, asset of just going on this journey. But the main connecting point was, you know, because I know people's attention spans have been so shortened, we have tightened the chapters to like six or seven pages and each one ends with a little bit of a cliffhanger. And so depending on what your, your, your available time frame is, you can take this in wonderful consumable bites. We ha- I had one buddy that just thanks a lot. I was up till four in the morning. I couldn't put the thing down because <laughs> <laughs> it was bite-sized bit. He knew, oh, I can do another six pages. I can do another seven pages. Pretty soon he'd gone right to the very end. And unashamedly, we leave it at one of the most dastardly moments where it is a total cliffhanger. So people can't wait for the, the second installment, which is due November 15th. But you can get it out on Amazon. It's available on the Kindle. It's not in print form yet. Um, but it's out there in digital form. You can get that Kindle app on any smartphone device. So you you don't have to have a Kindle reader. That's right. And then I I imagine it's on the dynasty app or it's going to be. So it's like, there's a number of places you can find it, but it's called the King of the Dragon. It's by Brad Cummings and Christy Prey. And the, the reason we're really sort of writing it is one, we sort of fell in love with the idea of the dynasty kingdom and wanted to flesh out this world and knowing that Brett and um, company has a real desire to kind of make some really great engaging toys. We were coming up with characters and a drama, you know, that is sort of the whole plethora. I mean, there's, there's, there's an element that's going to happen in book two that I just absolutely can't wait for people to see because it'll connect with them in their heart. It'll be a fun thing that kids can play with. But it really speaks to something so much more important and deeper to our lives. And the idea that you could actually make that kind of product, that it's not just some throwaway toy, but there's something with real meaning behind it that people can kind of get connected to. You know, we have this one little phrase in, in, in the first book where I won't, I won't steal the thunder, but it's the initials DLG, that once, once that gets revealed... You're just going like, it warms your heart in a way that you're going like, I can't imagine anyone's not going to want that t-shirt <laughs> I mean, because you end up, right. it, it, it's, it's so organically sewed into the story in a way that you just go like, oh my gosh, how, how beautiful, how brilliant. 
that's something I want to treasure. Like out of the shack, we had this phrase, you know, where, where Papa, you know, God says, I'm especially fond of you. Mm-hmm. You know, we, people hear the phrase, God loves you. And because it's so repeated and yet it doesn't have necessarily a heart revelation with it, just changing those words to I'm especially fond of you snuck past most people's filters where they glaze over and it actually touches their heart. Right over on my on, on my you know little shelf there, I've got a little plaque that says, I'm especially fond of you, Papa. And I, I gotta tell you, it's one of those things I look at every Every day, and I'm reminded, um, you know, we've purposely filled the book with little moments, little statements like that that are just absolute treasures, little nuggets that you can kind of pick up and go like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way or I never. And, and so there, there's, there's a real desire to give people a gift. And so, you know, unashamedly, yes, we wrote it. It's great. You'll love it. I am giving the sales pitch, but as someone who can step aside and go like, this is not about something I did. This story will touch families in the realm of where it matters most treasuring their relationships. The drama that surrounds it really drives that home that, you know, it's like if, if you knew you only had a certain number of days with your precious kids, would that change the way you relate to them? Would that change, you know, you just sort of skip past all the superficial stuff and you dive into the realm of what matters. A lot of what drives this story is bringing home that sense of the preciousness of what we oftentimes take for granted. And without telling you what you should do, it emotionally moves you to go like, oh man, that's beautiful. And so you know, the idea that Brett would want to say, hey, could we team up and could we do things like that? I'm just going like, I am all in, you know, it's like the 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 more I've gotten to know you guys and kind of like the whole family surrounding. And I think it was after the conference, we went um, back to the house where a bunch of guys, I don't think I've laughed as much in my life <laughs> as we did that night. For, we had a pretty goofy group, don't we? I mean, oh my they, gosh. But I mean, it, it was such... Fun. It was such good, clean, wonderful fun that I just sat there going like, okay, I don't have to go to the gym for a month. My abs are toned. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. It's a, it's quite a mix too, you know, in ages and in uh, just what an interesting crew God has assembled at the heart of the, at the heart of this. I think at this point, it's safe to call it a movement. It really is. Um, there was a different energy this year at the at the Proven Conference for sure as well. It definitely yeah. felt like it was, you know, we've called it a family reunion for a while now, but it it genuinely, I mean, we've got we've got, you know, couples getting married and, you know, having kids and the, you know, kids who are coming up and becoming leaders in the community. We've seen families grow up around here and it's still very warm and welcoming. And, you know, we had it in a church <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, no, which is crazy. We opened with worship. It was, you know, it, uh, it, optional worship the first night and 75, 80% of everyone came and it, it's still very much warm and welcoming to anybody with any worldview. Totally. You know, we've got atheists and Muslims and anybody at all. Welcome. Come on in, man. If you're trying to build a business, this is the place to be. But it's really starting to feel like family. And I feel like it's not just theory anymore that we're going to impact a culture because we already have. Uh-huh. 
it's just starting to go, it's going to go to another level here very soon. And, and this book is a big role. I think it's going to be an introduction. And this time we're doing it right. People are going to know, hey, this book is tied to this company over here that not only can you buy family-friendly toys and get the kids off screens and bring families together, but hey, if you're looking to change the financial course of your family as well, we're pretty creative about growing businesses using the internet. We know what we're talking about. Come enjoy some of our content. And so these worlds are starting to merge in a way that we've never seen done before. And the thing that gets me very excited is it, it, we've just created dozens of entry points into yeah. a different culture. It, it, it's, we're very, you know, we're family friendly, you know, uh, we want, we want families home under the same roof, enjoying time together. You know, where else are you getting that kind of encouragement in our culture? You're not, I mean, Disney used to be that and they have totally lost their way. They have so many different agendas now, right? You know, when I, when I've sat down, you know, I think we were down in Yorba Linda, you know, you know, sitting around a fire outside, just going like, okay, what's the dream? What's the desire? And there, there really was a sense of going like, okay, you know, we don't have some ridiculous notions of ourselves and what's possible, but it's like, you know what? Somebody needs to be supportive of family. Someone needs to bring in mm -hmm. good, solid, life-giving, life-affirming entertainment that doesn't have all the agendas laid onto it. It's just, it's just good. That's right. You know, and it's, it's not only well done, but it's, it's, it's life affirming. And it's like, you know, it's not trying to put somebody down. It's like, we're for things that matter. We're, th we're, we're for things that have enduring value and they're, you know, the time tested realities. And um, it was just sort of fun to kind of dream and go like, okay, I have for the last three, four years been looking for uh, a marketing distribution partner that can work in this digital world. And we'll also play nice and quote, share the toys as opposed to the impenetrable firewalls and the, you know, the, 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 the barrier between the relationship between transactions. I really am recognizing, you know, the, the, the key to enduring success and enjoying what you're doing is finding a community of people that you can really serve well. And, and, and that's not just lip service. That's not a mm -hmm. sales pitch. It's like, you mm -hmm. know, you know, Jesus said, you know, my food is to do the will of my father. And th there's a satisfaction level that when you know you're kind of in your purpose and you're doing something that you're gifted to do, and you can kind of stay in that lane and, and link up with other folks that are doing the same thing. I got to tell you, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like the same grind. Yes, it's long hours, hard work. I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I'm oftentimes up till three, four, five in the morning because I'm chasing after that thing that my passion is. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm really satisfied and energized by it. You know, it's not like it's a it's a nasty chore. It's more like, oh my gosh, I get to do this. This is great. One of the uh, one of the lies I think our culture tells us, among many lies that I recently discovered, was that uh, work is that thing that you you do so you can hopefully have some free time to enjoy your real friends and your family maybe on the, later after it's done that's that's a lie life's too the, short <laughs> the most meaningful work yeah exactly integrate family and friends into it. The, the best friends you will ever have are the people that you're building something with integrate them into the work that you're doing that's what we're offering yeah. that's what we're doing here right i i say frequently i love that 98% of the time when I'm awake, 
I couldn't tell you if I'm being a good dad, a good husband, a good provider to the community, uh, a good provider to my family, a good neighbor. I don't know because it's all blended together so much that I can't parse it apart anymore. It's a beautiful place to be. I don't, have to, I don't have to parse it apart anymore. Our culture tells you you got to parse it apart. This time is working dad time. This time is wife time. This time is kid time. If you, you know, quality versus quantity. I'm like, no, I throw out all that. I'm all those things all the time. My office door is right here. Kids walk in, need, need something. I'm right here. Right? Nice, beautiful day outside. Yeah, I don't know how to compartmentalize all of that. No, I don't know how people do it. Yeah, and 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 the people that do tend to be a little robotic, where you're just going like, you know, I I think what you're talking about is the joy of an integrated life. Yes. Living in you know? the almost living in the flow is something I've kind of how yeah. a, a thought process that I've had. But you know, if, if these kind of things appeal to you, and maybe I'm gonna say this first, Brad. There's plenty of people listening to this, maybe here thinking, whoa. No, I signed up for all of this. I just thought you guys <laughs> sure. had some, some good content for how to grow a business on, online. What epi- what's this episode about? Like, dude, yeah, we've got world-class content on that. And if that's all you ever grab from us, two thumbs up, man. Compare right. us to anybody. Or there's going to be other people in our community that, that maybe stumble across this and say, well, I, I just need some good toys for Christmas. I don't know what you guys are talking about starting this movement and all this. Like, hey, we've got some great toys. Or you just want a good bedtime store to enjoy with your kids. You know, or, or even as an adult, like I read Chronicles of Narnia again right now and love it. Like, you know, right. Voyage of the Dawn Treader is up next for me, dude. Good stuff. I just want a book. Cool. We're saying if you want to come with us on this journey and start connecting all these pieces, we are truly starting to have an impact on our culture. And we need other people that are advocates and want to join this journey with us. Uh, another website that I'm going to stick in the show notes for everybody, all the links to the stuff we talked about, the, the book, The King and the Dragon. Uh, and the website I'm about to give you right now, it'll all be in the show notes at silentgym.com slash podcast. Just go there, grab the links. But provencommunityformula.com is where we're going to be hanging out online and talking about these ideas, growing a community, how you can be a part of this community that we're growing. More details are going to be there very soon. We're shaping all this out. But it's inarguable that these ideas have momentum. They're succeeding it's an exciting time. This is, you know, this, this year, 2019, uh, on the 17-year journey that I've been on, providing for my family using only creative internet strategies, the stuff that we teach. That's, that's the only income we have, and it's been incredible. This year has been by far the most exciting. Wow. The momentum is just, and especially the past few months, just all the pieces falling into place, the right players coming on board at the right time, the systems working, uh, the conversations we're having, getting invited out to Amazon, universities contacting us, wanting to work with us. It's just incredible. So I think we're being positioned for something pretty special. And having you on board, my friends, uh, just another indicator that you know, God's smiling on us and he's bringing the right people and the right, the right timing on all of this. Uh, never imagined. It would have been an honor just to, to meet you, shake your hand and say, wow. Because, you know, I'm a self-published author. I've got a book that's sold a million copies and that's, that's pretty rare. That's rarefied air. That is. Exactly. That's a, you know, and, and a lot of people would be like, wow, that's pretty cool stuff. But to me, the number one best-selling self-publishing <laughs> team, man, like that's a big deal. That's a huge accomplishment. And then for you to say, I think one of my favorite takeaways from this episode might be that moment where we, we kind of brought the, the listeners around to realize as great as that success was, there's no community there. So there is a, a bit of a, a slow letdown at the end of that story of, 
like, okay, what next? You know, right. success peaks. And if you haven't built a community and built relationships out of that experience, you've got some money in the bank and that soon spins and you're on to like, okay, what's next here? Relationships are stability, right? What yeah. final thoughts do you have, Rob, as we start to land the plane, buddy? I, I, I think, you know, the key as far as, you know, for, for a business community of people out there, you know, selling widgets is great. Being able to kind of rack up units of sale, there's there's nothing wrong with that. That's not easy to do. Oh, it's beautiful. It's it's the most admirable activity you can engage in. Yeah, it's beautiful. But knowing that the the great wide world out there is very competitive, you've got to find a distinctive edge. And you add a measure of relationship in real caring, not as some kind of gimmick, but if you look at what you're selling as a form of serving a community, as an audience, you will do well because I think people come away from those kind of transactions feeling cared for. And even if it's just I'm searching for a discount, you handle your customers well as people that you want to have an enduring relationship with. They'll notice that because I think the world in all of its automation and its efficiency is losing that touch point of real connectivity. You know, it's like we had an epidemic of loneliness out there and people are, are, are wanting, I mean, there, there's a cheers desire out there. It's like, you want to go someplace where somebody knows your name, where it's like they recognize, oh, you matter, you do care. And so, you know, the, the key to sustainability with what you're doing is, is in engendering that kind of um, effort towards community and the fact that you care. You, if, you, if you treat each transaction as somebody that has wonderful value, they will love doing business with you. That's right. That's right. And, and that's, that's what we've done for so long. I feel like around here is we, we genuinely care about your success. We measure our own success in success stories because I've seen, you know, I, I had, 30, maybe even 50 competitors 17 years ago. When I wrote a book about how to launch an online business, everybody had a book on that topic. I can't think of a single competitor who was relevant then that's still in the game now. Wow. What distinguished us as an organization was, you know, when someone bought one of my books, I'd call them. And to this day, I'll make several calls a week as, as time allows. Like, I don't care what product they purchase from us. That's a real person with a family our team understands that we serve and it's rippled into a community of people that at the end of a business conference, there's, you know, there's tears being shed because <laughs> it's going right. to be a whole nother year before I get to see you again. You know, it's, it's that culture. And I, I'm certainly not trying to take credit for it. I'm just saying, if we lay that as our standard foundation of we're in this together, we're doing yeah. this to win, lose, fail, whatever the lesson is, relationships will stand regardless. That's our foundation that's something pretty special and it's lacking in our culture. Um, and to have a guy with a, with a the genuine heart and passion for God and passion for serving and creativity on board, I'm just sitting back in awe. If this was someone else's community, man, I'd be buying everything they did and sitting in the front <laughs> row. But the fact that it's something I'm actually get to be a part of, of helping yeah, build. It's, it's, it's cool. Blows me away. Well, hey, this was time well spent, my friend. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, hey, Jim. Even if it was just the two of us, but fortunately, there's going to be thousands of people that get to get to hang out with us today and listen. And I think they're hopefully they were, they feel very blessed and encouraged by this. Um, and again, there's going to be several good links that we mentioned. I'll stick all that in the show notes. But 
Let me just say thank you to all the business building warriors out there that hung out with us today. Hey, send us your feedback. If you want more episodes like this, because you'll notice we didn't spend a whole lot of time telling you how to sell more products on Amazon today. That's in about 95% of our other episodes. So you know where to find that stuff. But this is a little more the heart behind the guys behind this whole movement and what we'd like to see happen, right? Yeah. So thanks for hanging out with us for part of that. A little vision casting, perhaps little glimpse of the future. And I think someday this podcast episode might be, you know, one of the core lessons in a textbook used at universities when they say, how'd these guys do what they did with a, with a slim, tiny budget? And they didn't even use anybody from any of the major media corporations or major publishers. They didn't need any of that help. They just did it. How that, how'd that work? You know, this, these are the foundational kind of uh, content moments where I, I think it kind of tells the bigger story. But yeah. Well, my friend, pleasure hanging out with you, business building warriors around the world. God bless you guys. And uh, we'll do another episode for you real soon. Awesome. Hey, one last thing before I let you go, I want to remind you about today's sponsor. Big thanks to your tasker spelled U-R-T-A-S-K-E-R.com. Go to their website, get a free consultation. If your business is selling more than $50,000 per month, on eBay, Amazon, Shopify, or Walmart. And these guys can help you with those daily tasks and you can really grow. It's time to get a team. Give your tasker a shout and tell them I sent you. Thanks for sponsoring the show today, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.